she was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm your host, Sarah Gorski, and I hope you've enjoyed the last couple weeks replaying a couple of our previously aired broads, including Boudicca, which I replayed for you because the play I am in about Boudicca just opened and is running the entire month of April. So if you live in Los Angeles, you really should come and see the story of Boudicca live on stage, including massive action scenes, which are amazing. Um, Check out schoolofnight.org if you want to learn more about that show. But anyway, I'm back today with a new broad we have not yet talked about on this podcast, but who has long been on my list of chicks I want to cover on this podcast. So let's dig in to Kate Warren. On a hot summer day in 1856, Kate Warren, a 23-year-old widow and a recent transplant from New York, walks into the office of Detective Ellen Pinkerton at the Pinkerton National Detective Agency in Chicago. Now, Pinkerton assumes this chick has misunderstood his job posting. He's not looking for a secretary. But Kate hadn't misunderstood shit. She wanted to be his newest detective. Lest you think I skipped a bunch of backstory, I didn't. Very little is known about Kate's early life, except that she was born into a large, pretty poor family in the town of Erin, New York, in 1833. Her father apparently was a minister, uh, and uh, when she was a young woman, she very early on had to take on the role of running the household. And she longed, apparently, to escape this upbringing and become an actress, but both of her parents discourage this dream and at some point she is married uh and then widowed she's only 23 at the beginning of the story and now she's standing at the desk of ellen pinkerton now at this point in time no american detective agency had ever hired a woman investigator before so ellen pinkerton's like no way a detective is not an appropriate job for a lady but kate kind of builds this case for him She talks about how she could infiltrate places easily because no one would expect that a woman would be an undercover detective and how she could befriend all the wives and the girlfriends of suspected criminals. Quote, she pointed out to him the advantages that her gender carried with it and the ability to gain confidences and positions of access that would be unavailable to him. And she said, quote, women have an eye for detail and are excellent observers. Historians note, quote, to this moment, we don't know if Alan Pinkerton is just an amazing advocate for women's rights or if he's just a shrewd businessman who realizes she's going to make him a lot of money. But whatever his reason is, he hires her, end quote. And Kate Warren becomes the first female detective in the United States. And by the way, she's really good at her job. 
She very quickly establishes herself as a leading Pinkerton investigator. In 1859, she helps track down Nathan Maroney, who was a guy who was suspected of embezzling from the Adams Express Company in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Kate puts on this southern accents and uh, she befriends Maroney's wife uh, and her and another one, another one of the detective colleagues she works with both end up eliciting a full confession from this guy and they're able to arrest him. Kate's, quote, chameleon-like ability to adapt, end quote, gave her a huge advantage as a detective. Quote, at the end of the day, what she was amazing at is understanding how people don't look at you depending on what they think of you. She keenly understood the way that men used to underestimate women was an advantage for her. She was able to blend in well. She was very articulate. She was able to fit in with the elite. And she was able to go to these parties and learn different things without them knowing that she was working for the Pinkerton Agency. Kate dressed the part or fit right into whatever situation she was in. She was very brave and she was comfortable doing what she was doing because she was good at it. End quote. Now, Alan is, of course, incredibly impressed with all of Kate's work, and he ends up putting her in charge of his newly created Female Detective Bureau in 1860. A mere four years after he hires the first female detective, now he is creating a whole female detective bureau. So Kate is in charge of that bureau, and she will end up serving in that role the rest of her life. And she oversees the recruitment of all the agency's female detectives. And these detectives include Hattie Lawton and Elizabeth H. Baker, both broads I'd also like to cover. Both of those broads were spies for the Union during the Civil War and apparently have some notoriety to them. Um, Exactly how many women Kate hired is unknown, but under her leadership, the agency expanded into several regional Pinkerton branches, and Kate personally oversaw the establishment of the Female Detective Bureau in New Orleans. Uh, The vice president of the Pinkerton agency today says, quote, Alan placed unreserved faith in her ability. He was fond of saying she had never failed him, end quote. And in Pinkerton's own words, Kate was, quote, a rather commanding person and with an ease of manner that was quite captivating at times. She was calculated to make a favorable impression, end quote. And now for the biggest and most famous part of Kate's story, also the story that kind of clued me into who she was in the first place. Um... So it's February 1861, and Abraham Lincoln has just won the election. And he is doing like a little pre-inauguration tour uh, through a number of cities as he journeys from his home in Springfield, Illinois, to Washington, D.C., where he's going to be inaugurated and sworn in. Um, Now, Alan Pinkerton receives a tip from this guy named Samuel Felton, who is the president of the Philadelphia, Wilmington, and Baltimore Railroad. So this big head honcho of the railroad. Um, and Felton has heard rumor about a big secessionist plot to assassinate Lincoln before he could be inaugurated. Uh, and Felton suspected, based on what he had heard, that the secessionists would strike in Baltimore, uh, specifically because Baltimore was the only slaveholding city on the president-elect's trip 
besides Washington, D.C., which also held slaves at that time. Um, Pinkerton gets this tip from Felton, and immediately he puts his team on it, including Kate, who immediately goes undercover. And she puts back on that southern accent that she used when she got Maroney. Um, and she uses the aliases Mrs. Cherry and Mrs. Barley. And she goes to these big parties. And she wears this big secession-flavored cockade on her chest. Now, I had to look up what a cockade was because I didn't know what that was. Apparently, it's like a, a pin made of fabric, um, like folded fabric, kind of like an award ribbon it almost looks like. But there was like very specific colors um, kind of like a logo today, right? People wore different colors for different things. And so she wore the, the one that looked, uh, that, that was like the cockade that secession supporting people wore. Um, and she's at all these parties and she gets friendly with all the wives and the sisters of these men who are planning to kill Lincoln. And so the information she ends up picking up from the wives and sisters ends up becoming vital to cracking the case. And indeed, Baltimore was where they meant to wreak havoc. And uh, there were a couple different potential plans, but the most plausible plan that, you know, the Pinkertons take all the plans together, they look at which one seems most realistic, and the one that they thought was the most realistic one uh, called for the conspirators to attack Lincoln between his arrival at Baltimore's Calvert Street Station on the afternoon of February 23rd, 1861, and his departure from Camden Street about a mile away later that day. So they plan to attack him within that window, and particularly at the train station. Um, and Pinkerton and his team decide the best way to avert danger, to avert the whole situation, is to sneak Lincoln through Baltimore at a different time to try to avoid the assassins who are waiting at the train station and expecting to see Lincoln in that afternoon. So Pinkerton and his team sneak Lincoln into Baltimore on an overnight train that arrived at 3.30 in the morning. Uh, now, Kate was, above all, a master of disguise. So she devises this genius plan, and she buys this big floppy hat and this shabby, gross overcoat for Lincoln to wear. And she coaches him on how to, quote, walk like he was crippled. And they pose him as Kate's, like, invalid brother. And she's the caregiver. And this plan works. Lincoln limps through the train station and none of these would-be assassins take any notice of him because they're looking for this like tall, confident Abraham Lincoln, like with his hat and all that shit. And here Lincoln was posing as this disheveled, disabled guy and his caregiver. Um, and Kate is able to talk to the train conductor and she gains his sympathy and she secures an entire sleeping car for the party of four, um, which included her and Lincoln, obviously, Pinkerton and Lincoln's bodyguard, Ward Hill Lahman. Lehman? Lahman. Probably Lahman. <laughs> um, and nobody but Pinkerton and his crew realized that the incoming president was on board. Um, and as the train makes its way to Washington. Lincoln kind of peacefully sleeps, but Detective Kate Warren stays awake all night watching over Lincoln and making sure that he was safe. Um, and when the train arrived in Washington at 6 a.m., 
Lincoln steps off and thanks Kate, and he proceeds to his inauguration ceremony. So as you can imagine, thwarting Lincoln's assassination was a huge win for the Pinkerton Agency. Now, Alan Pinkerton had started the Pinkerton Detective Agency in 1850, um, which was just six years before Kate walked in, and they handled a bunch of different cases, um, a huge range of things from white-collar crime to thefts um, and, and murders. And at this point, the, the agency had achieved like a little bit of national recognition prior to the Civil War, but after they saved Lincoln's life, now, of course, their fame grows enormously and really puts them on the map as a premier detective agency. And let it be said here on this podcast, though, that it is pretty certain that Pinkerton's logo, which is this big unblinking eye and the motto, quote, we never sleep, originated with that role that Kate took that night, watching Lincoln all night in the sleeping car. Um, It's got to be noted, sadly, that even though the Pinkerton Agency generically received great praise and publicity for their role in preventing Lincoln's assassination, and as well as their other wartime counterintelligence efforts, they did a lot of stuff, Kate was rarely mentioned in these praises, which is kind of weird because she got credit in the press for a bunch of other things. She took down a bunch of murderers and bank robbers, but for some reason she's not, she was not heavily mentioned in the press at that time period. Um, Oh, one funny anecdote I want to add because it made me laugh is that Kate didn't seem to, to mince words or kiss ass at all. (laughs) And supposedly um, when Lincoln complimented Kate in the press saying, Quote, I believe it has not hitherto been one of the prerequisites of the presidency to acquire in full bloom so charming and accomplished a female relation, end quote. Kate said in reply merely, quote, Mr. Lincoln is very homely and so very tall that he could not lay straight in his berth, end quote. <laughs> and I don't know why that made me laugh so much. Um, I see you, Kate. I see you. Um, After the Civil War uh, starts, which, you know, in in April of 1861, I have in my notes, Kate continues to pose as a Southern belle, and she passes information uh, about the Confederates to Pinkerton. Um, There's not a lot more about her, her career, and there really isn't a ton of outside publicity about her. In fact, quote, her career was pretty shrouded because of intent. In her position, she couldn't be a celebrity. There's a lot we don't know about her, but I think that's exactly how she would have liked it. She was the epitome of professionalism in our industry and our discipline, end quote. And that's a quote from a, 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 a Pinkerton detective today. Um, she was just a remarkable woman, uh, but she also had a relatively short life. She ends up dying of pneumonia on January 28th, 1868 at the age of 34 or maybe 35. They're not quite sure. Um, And apparently Alan Pinkerton was at her bedside when she died and he arranged for Kate's burial in his own family plot at Graceland Cemetery in Chicago. An obituary published in the Democratic Inquirer recognized her as, quote, uh, 
a most remarkable woman who deserves a passing notice. She was undoubtedly the best female detective in America, if not the world. And that, my friends, is Kate Warren, the first female detective in the United States of America. To learn more about Kate Warren, see pictures of her and quotes from this episode, head on over to broadsyoushouldknow.com. While you're there, you can click on over to the About page and read more about me. My bio, photo, links to my cool stuff is all there. Are you following Broads You Should Know on social yet? We're on Facebook and Instagram at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. Believe me, your suggestions go onto my list. Are you a fan of this podcast? If so, you should help spread the word about us. Share your favorite episode with your friends and family, or better yet, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps new listeners to find us. Broads You Should Know is produced by me, Sarah Gorski, and edited by Chloe Skye, with original music by Darren Callahan. Finally, if you really enjoyed hearing about Kate Warren, then I highly recommend you check out a few of our other spy broads. We've got Virginia Hall, the limping lady, Josephine Baker, the jazz age sensation and World War II French spy, and Pola Carpa, la Pola Salavarietta, the Colombian revolutionary spy. See you next week for another Broad You Should Know.